The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Alumni Ventures. Invest with confidence. Discover the power of venture investing with Alumni Ventures, America's largest venture firm for individual investors. Learn more at av.vc. LinkedIn presents. Should I continue down this portfolio career path or should I find a traditional employee to hire me? So ever hear the phrase portfolio career? It has become shorthand for blending different things to create a career and a living that draws upon and expresses different interests and passions. In today's episode, listener Michael shares the story of his portfolio career as he describes it and the pros and cons with that working style. Michael has gained experience in teaching, tutoring, managing for a nonprofit program, and even coaching, and is now completing a master's in design. As graduation approaches, he's contemplating what to do next. When reflecting on his portfolio career, he shares a love of the flexibility and freedom and creativity it enables, and a dislike of the responsibility, organization, and lack of security that it brings. Michael poses the question, do you follow your latest area of interest and continue to collect portfolio career roles, or should you find a traditional employer and potentially more job security and collaboration? And I know so many people have posed their version of a similar question to us. And on deck with me this week from the Spark Brain Trust to help tease out what really matters and share insights and ideas is the founder of Original Impulse Creative Studio and Atelier and Coaching Program for Writers. She's also an author, workshop facilitator, trusted advisor and coach, Cynthia Morris. And quick note, you'll hear us mention something we call sparkotypes in conversation. What is that? Turns out we all have a unique imprint for work that makes us come alive. This is your Sparkotype. When you discover yours, everything, your entire work life, even parts of your personal and relationships begins to make more sense. And until we discover ours, we're kind of fumbling in the dark. And just like today's listener did, you can discover your Sparkotype for free at Sparkotype.com. You'll find a link in the show notes. Now, on to Michael's story in question. I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Sparked. Hello, Jonathan and the Spark Brain Trust. My name is Michael. I go by he, him. For the last two and a bit years, I've been studying my master's in design strategy and innovation or running a small facilitation business. On top of this, I've been accepting the occasional contract gig. In short, I've had a portfolio career. In the past, I've worked as a teacher and a not-for-profit program manager. I'm 33 years old and excited to have successfully transferred my career into design. Lately, I've really enjoyed tutoring at the university. I love the energy and vibe of the uni, and I love that I get paid to consolidate what I've been learning in my master's and support the students in their understanding of design. I also really love coaching, which I've completed some courses in. I love and hate my portfolio career. I love the flexibility, freedom, and creativity it enables, and I dislike the responsibility, organization, and lack of security that comes with it. I finished my degree in less than two months' time. And I can recognize that with my completed qualification, there's an opportunity to pivot into the world of design. I can also see that there may be great benefit in working in a team of designers or policy if I decide to go down that path. My primary sparkotype is advisor. My shadow is maven. And my ante is nurturer. My question to you, should I continue down this portfolio career path or should I find a traditional employee to hire me? Thank you. Hey, I'm Michael Kovnat, host of The Next Big Idea Daily. The show is a masterclass in better living from some of the smartest writers around. 
Every morning, Monday through Friday, we'll serve up a quick 10-minute lesson on how to strengthen your relationships, supercharge your creativity, boost your productivity, and more. Follow The Next Big Idea daily wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Tomer Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. and so. We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. So interesting. I'm watching your facial expressions as we're listening. <laughs> so spark type profile for Michael is primary, which is his strongest impulse for work that makes him come alive, is the advisor. That's all about guiding others through some process of growth. It's deeply relational. So it's not just about the outcome, getting somebody there. It's about the safety and the trust in the container that you create and build over time with an individual or team or whoever it may be. The shadow or the kind of runner-up was the maven. That is all about knowledge acquisition, learning, 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 growth, growth, growth. And the anti, which is sort of like the heavier lift, is the nurturer, which is all about lifting others up, elevating, giving care, and taking care. So against the backdrop of that sort of like blend of impulses, what's the big stuff that sort of like, what's the macro stuff that jumps out at you? Like what was going through your mind? I think Michael is probably never going to stop learning and trying new things. So that's probably why the idea of a portfolio career appeals to him. And I also think it might be confusing him because now there's so many options and possibilities. What should I do? And so the thing that jumped out at me was kind of all these titles, coaching, teaching, design degree. I would really just dig underneath of those. And what specific things does he want to do? He really sounded like he lit up when he was talking about teaching and sharing. So I would even say, Michael, go back and listen to your question and see where you where your energy goes up. So breaking it down to the specific things, so reading or learning or teaching or doing actual design, which of those actual activities bring his energy and vitality up and focus more on that. And then I think it will all come together versus having to kind of choose. It doesn't seem like, it seems like a false choice, whether it's a portfolio career or going to university. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, so there are a couple of things that jumped out at me. I completely, I agree with you. I think it, in terms of like what you observed just in the energy in his voice as he was sharing the different things. And it's like when he talks about tutoring at the university, he said, I love the energy and vibe of uni. I didn't get that saying, I didn't get the love word from anything else that he shared. I got like interest and like I could do it. And like, maybe it's the thing. 
But there was something about that in particular that, that jumped out at me also, which I thought was fascinating because the rest of what he shares didn't seem to see that as something that would necessarily be centered in the choices that he's making moving forward. It was almost like, well, you know, I'll be out of uni and it'll be time to move on from all this stuff that's related to it. You know, so do I continue uh, building my portfolio career or like consulting with different things or work for a company? And I thought that was interesting. That that seemed to be out of contention as of, you know, a couple months when he's out of the context of education. I kind of also believe that there are no false steps. He could mm. he could look for a job and see what happens. Look for a job that really lets him do the kind of things he loves to do, sharing, maybe leading a team. You know, he could use that advisor sparker type in a job, leading a team, leading a design team. I think that he's just getting his degree in design and strategy and innovation. I could see so many ways he could use that and have a blast with that. He could also look for a job in the university structure and just see what happens. So either way, if he did did one or the other for a year or a couple of years or five years and was like, okay, I want to try something else, I think he could do that. So I, I don't think it's something he needs to feel like is set in stone for the rest of his life. Yeah. So it's interesting that you bring that up, right? Because so Michael also shared that he's 33. And I think that's actually a part of the conversation, you know, because if you just shared what you shared and somebody was just graduating school and they were you know, like 21 years old, my sense is their natural orientation would be much more like, let me just run a whole bunch of experiments and try a whole bunch of things. And I feel like something happens to so many of us once we're a little bit further into life. Not that 33 is that far into life. I, I was um, thinking 33 you know, like, was pretty young. Yeah. Like for me, like, I mean, but, but I feel like sometimes there's this switch that gets flipped in us when we hit our 30s, where we're kind of like, oh, this is the window where I have to get more serious. I have to quote, be more responsible. I have to make the choice and capital S stick to it and start to build something and sustain this thing longer. And, you know, maybe a, a generation or two ago, that was more the ethos and there was a lot more social judgment and expectation around it. But I feel like especially, even if there was, you know, in, you know, like the early part of like the last decade, the last couple of years have kind of obliterated a lot of that. And we're all in this space where no matter where you are, what season you are in life, you know, there is almost an expectation now that you're going to re-examine and you're going to explore and maybe run experiments that may last you know, like four months or years at a time. I love that you brought up 33 because it reminded me that that's how old I was when I became a coach. Mm. That's when I discovered coaching. And I did feel that feeling when I was 30 to really commit to something. And that's when I committed to writing and teaching writers. And then a few, la few years later, discovered coaching. And I knew I was like, that's it. This is it for me for the rest of my life. And I feel like I have a portfolio career within my business, which is coaching, teaching, designing experiences, leading workshops, writing. I can create all kinds of things, which is my sparkotype, the advisor and maker. So I think it's easy enough to drill down on what you love, design or sharing, and then do a lot of things underneath that umbrella. So just to give a little bit more context, what were you doing before this significant switch? I had a portfolio career before a portfolio career. It wasn't even a <laughs> career. So I always did a lot of things. I never had like a corporate job. I worked as a bookseller. I did marketing for a secondhand bookstore here in Denver, Capitol Hill Books. I taught cooking classes and I was a personal chef. I was a hot air balloon chef. I did a lot of different things. 
And that gave me that, you know, one of the things Michael was concerned about was the income and the stability. So I had this kind of multifaceted lifestyle, income coming from different things. I like that. I need that. And even within my business, I have multiple income streams. So I kind of got used to that that sense of insecurity and just learned how to build a life and a career around that so that it, it was it's not it's not that insecure now. So I think this is kind of like in my nature. And that's that desire to always be learning and trying new things and not wanting to just be in one box. I kind of sense Michael has a little bit of that. Yeah. And, and also, you know, we've used the word, the phrase portfolio career. Um, and, and, and he used it actually in teeing up his question as well. Maybe we should actually just talk a little bit more about what are we actually talking about when we talk about portfolio career? <laughs> what is it? What, what, how would you define it? Yeah. It's interesting because I've probably used the phrase on occasion. I've heard it used a whole bunch of times by different people and sometimes differently and in different ways for different reasons. My take on it when I, when I hear it used is often that it is creating a sustainable career path that is made up of a selection of different things, different endeavors, different activities. So, but, but at, at the heart of it often is the assumption that there is no one quote main thing that sort of like grounds it all that it's, you know, like there's no one thing that's 80% and then everything else kind of happens around it, that there tends to be like a whole bunch of other things that are all a plurality of contribution to both the way you feel and your income. I'm not sure if that's accurate or not though, but that, I don't know. that's always there's been prob- my sense. Yeah. There's probably a definition out there. It's kind of, I was laughing because I was like, it's a term that makes those of us who do a lot of different things feel less flaky. <laughs> I'm not I'm not flaky. I have a portfolio. <laughs> but the thing, you know, to the the idea of what unifies or grounds at all, that's what I think the sparkotypes help people do is, oh, this makes sense. I I have a multiplicity of interests and I'm able to do many different things because I'm this I'm the maven. I have this unquenchable desire to keep learning. Or oh, this grounds me and the sparkotype grounds me. So I think that's a real service that you've done and the sparkotypes have done to help people feel a coherence around who they are and what they do? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a probably like an, an accurate overlay. Something else jumped out at me, which is, you know, I think portfolio careers can be pretty common across a lot of other people. And this, this question in particular, you know, like, do I continue down the path of a portfolio career or find quote traditional employment, you know, where I just have one one main thing. And of course, we can't answer that question, but we can no. certainly share ideas and prompts and, and maybe more questions to explore. But one of the things that also jumped out at me in Michael's circumstance in particular is that the thing that he is studying and the thing that he is getting his qualification in is actually a process. Yes. Which, which, and, and I know that process. Like I've kind of gone down the rabbit hole of design thinking and human centered design and, and studied, you know, like, uh, like the Eameses and, and the folks who built IDEO and stuff like this. And what I found fascinating is that what he's studying is a process of design, but also innovation. Yes. Um, that is applicable. Instead of you know becoming a like studying a very specific domain, he's studying a process that is applicable across nearly every and any domain that wants to explore and create and innovate. So that because of that, 
there's a really interesting opportunity here, I think, to not really even have to make a choice between any of these things. Because even if you worked for a larger organization, if what you were doing was sort of like taking this process and then wearing your you know advisor hat and your you know, like your maven hat. So I'm going to advise and guide through a process of growth. And I'm going to learn everything I can. I'm going to take this process that I know and just apply to every possible problem or aspiration. I almost wonder if this is if we're talking about in this particular circumstance a false dichotomy, like a false choice. Um, that he could actually probably be pretty okay in almost any one of these contexts. I'm, I'm curious how that lands with you. Yeah, I, I think he's going to do great. I think it's just kind of, he's at this kind of leaping off moment where he's almost finished with school. And so it, it's this big, vast unknown. I think that thing that we haven't talked about is he loves the flexibility and freedom and creativity that he gets in some of these things. I think one of the things, a deciding factor for whether we're going for employment or a more independent entrepreneurship path is how how well do you generate your own like do you need to be told what to do do you need the structure or can you generate your own activities and your own income and your own opportunities and i think i would ask michael that like how do you feel about making things happen for yourself or do you really prefer the structure of knowing when you're showing up for work and knowing what the curriculum is and knowing how, how things are going to go and when you're going to get paid. That's a big factor that he, he mentioned, I think, that was kind of in the bit about insecurity of finances. Yeah. And I, I love that you brought that up also because, you know, I, I, was, I was thinking about that as well because, you know, what he's really talking about here is a values question, you know, because so he's saying, I value flexibility, I value freedom, I value creativity, but I also value feeling like I'm responsible. I value security. He says it in the negative because he says, I dislike the responsibility organization and lack of security that comes with this quote portfolio career. But what he's really saying is the inverse is I value sort of like what I consider being responsible and organized and secure and having that structure. So it's interesting because he's simultaneously saying, I value freedom and flexibility and creativity. And I also value structure and security and certainty, which can feel sometimes like they're at odds with each other. Well, and I wonder how much that's actually accurate for yeah. him. Because he's in this snug cocoon of the uni, and that's a lot of structure and um, stability. And so he might not have enough experience outside of that kind of institution. And so he might not know like, oh, I actually can flow and thrive better with the freedom and creativity and flexibility. I, I just feel like overall, there's so many possibilities for Michael. And I think he's going to really thrive when he's clear about how he actually wants to spend his days. Is it in interaction with people? Is it time alone? Like, What's the blend of that? What, is his, what does it, do his days look like? And how then he'll be able to find different scenarios that meet that. And who knows what it will be. I really would love to hear from Michael a year from now or even six I, months I was thinking the same now. thing. <laughs> I want to know. Because we, like you said, we cannot answer this question. And hopefully the just asking it and kind of laying it out like that helped him with some insights. And then hopefully something we've said today maybe sparks something. But I really would like to know how, how it how it goes. Yeah. And, and I think the invitation here, and I think this is sort of like coming from both of us is to create a little bit of space 
you know, to, to actually explore, run some experiments that have different balances of those things that he mentioned, flexibility, freedom, creativity, organization, security, and, and varying levels of these things. Try on some different hats, you know, and don't feel like you have to have it figured out the second you graduate and don't feel like the thing that you say yes to, you know, like when you're straight out of the program is the thing that you have to stay with for an extended period of time. I think I'm such, such a huge fan of giving ourselves more grace than we often do and worrying less about, you know, having to find the thing that will sustain us for life because that that tends to unfold over time when we allow ourselves to try on a whole bunch of different things. Yes. And I you're really great about that like experimenting thing and trying things. And but the people that I know who are the most successful and the most happy, when I talk to them about what they do, they're always like, I had no idea this was gonna happen. I had no this was not a plan. And when you think about what you're doing, you're doing keynotes from your home office and I'm designing workshops in Paris from my home office. When we graduated from college with my you know, my French degree and your law degree, would you ever have known? That was, first of all, coaching, I didn't know about that. Second of all, the internet didn't exist when I graduated from college. So there's just so much more magic and unknown and possibility that I think, you know, to underline what you said is going to come into play for Michael with less worry and more space. I love that. It brought up a, a really interesting memory, which I completely forgot about and haven't thought about in many years. So in a very past life, I was a lawyer, which means I went to law school. Um, I was very fortunate, worked hard and did very well. And um, heading into graduation, got called into the dean's office and he wanted to talk to me and had a, a loose relationship. You know, we kind of knew he, who each other were and, and, you know, he was saying, hey, listen, I've been looking over, you know, like what you've done and some really, you know, like, I mean, powerful stuff and um, excited and you know, curious where you're headed and what you're thinking and just want to like, yeah, just have a nice conversation with you. And we were talking and I, and I was referencing him and his career trajectory and he had this huge thing as sort of like the head of education in New York City and then dean of a law school and, and I I was curious how he sort of like made all that happen. And he, he just gets this smile on his face and he's like, nothing was planned. Right. Like this is, this is literally like, you look back at my life and you're like, wow, like there's some very big, very powerful, very public boxes that have been checked. What a trajectory. And, and he's basically like, literally like on, on any given one of those things, I could not have told you what was coming next. And it was a really eye opening moment for me. Cause I was like, huh, I am a planner. <laughs> I build, you know? And it, to this day, part of the dance that I continue to invite myself back into, often with great discomfort, is letting go of the need to have to know. Well, yeah, you you and I, I think, share this. We're just wanting to make stuff all the time and an idea. And I think we both also follow our intuition. And the things that have worked out best for me are complete intuitive things. And I know that's just like horrifying. I mean, even if I hear like, what, like that sounds so like amorphous, how am I supposed to like go from that? But also when I've taken a big leap and I think about when I, I applied to be part of good life project with you, that was a huge leap. And the things that have come from that have been enormous. So taking a leap, taking a risk, following an intuitive hunch, some of the things I'm working on now are just my first thought about them was like, oh, that would be fun. And then the second thought was, how the heck is that going to work out? And it turns out they're working out really well. So again, the no planning, more intuition, trusting your 
where you're trusting your vitality. That's what I'm always looking for. Where do you feel alive in these different choices? I hope that doesn't sound too, it like just sounds like so like that's not an answer. That just leads to more insecure feelings. But I think talking to people like you're, you're the dean, talking to people who you admire and they say stuff like, I had no plan. That is gives us a little bit of reassurance, hopefully. Mm, yeah, I love that. And, uh, and, and I would not have agreed with it in an earlier time, but uh, I am fully bought into that notion and invitation um, at this point in my career in life. Thank you so much, as always, for your wisdom, for your presence. Uh, I hope everyone listening along, including Michael, has gotten something out of this conversation. And we're excited to see all of you again next week. Take care. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation, learned a little something about your own quest to come alive and work in life, and maybe feel a little bit less alone along this journey to find and do what sparks you. And if you'd love to share your own moment and question with us, we would love to hear from you. Just go ahead and click on the submissions link in the show notes to get the details on how to do that. And remember, if you're at a moment of exploration, looking to find and do or even create work that makes you come more fully alive, that brings more meaning and purpose and joy into your life, take the time to discover your own personal Sparkotype for free at Sparkotype.com. It'll open your eyes to a deeper understanding of yourself and open the door to possibility like never before. And hey, if you're finding value in these conversations, please just take an extra second right now to follow and rate Sparked in your favorite podcast app. This is so helpful in helping others find the show and growing our community so that we can all come alive and work in life together. Until next time, I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Sparked.